You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. We've taken a couple weeks off, but we're back. It wasn't COVID, I promise. <laughs> Just a bunch of scheduling uh, issues with, yeah, one weekend I was out of town, next weekend you were, like, sick and... <laughs> yeah, eh, it was... Just scheduling conflicts. It happens. I think they call that thing live. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day we'll get paid for this and we won't have to have uh, <laughs> scheduling conflicts. I doubt it. But anyway, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Uh, this week we have the CAO Mortal Coil. Yeah, part of the new Arcana series. Uh, it's a, like brand new. This just came out within probably the last couple weeks. And yeah, we... Hang out at the cigar shop with uh, one of the general cigar. I'm not sure he was a rep. Now he's like, I guess, a bigger wig now. But uh, he was actually the uh, shout out to Nick uh, from General Cigar was the one who kind of, you know, designed this cigar. He's not a not a blender, but you know, he's one of like, hey, let's. I like these tobaccos. Let's try. You know, come up with something that uses this, 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 and something unique. And he got designed the all the the fancy labels because it has a. You know, it's called the Mortal Coil, so it doesn't have your standard cigar ring. It has this long band that just kind of spirals down the cigar, which is kind of new. And, it, you know, it's got, you know, especially for us who likes kind of dark, weird things, it's got kind of a a gothic uh, look to it, especially with the name, you know, Arcana. Yes. And supposedly this is like the first of, if it, you know, does well, it's going to be part of, a, I think I said like a three cigar series, kind of like the... Amazon Basin, they came out with several different entries into that uh, cigar um, brand or whatever. So, uh, what we got this thing made out of? So, this has got a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, uh, which is over shade-grown Connecticut binder. But it has fillers from uh, Dominican Andulo Tobacco, Dominican Polito Cubano... Honduran tobacco and the Hamastron Valley and Nicaraguan tobacco from Esteli. Yes, and this Dominican Andula tobacco is it's cure it's made differently. It's like a unique way of making tobacco where normally tobacco for cigars are we've talked about polones, which is basically big stacks of tobacco, and that's how they kind of dry and age it. They just kind of rotate it in and out as as the you know leaves dry. Where this one is is their tobacco is all wrapped up into kind of a pod and put in the ground while the tobacco cures. It's almost like the kimchi of tobacco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just bury it in the ground and hope it don't taste like dirt. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the things for me is, uh, you know, this is a little bit stronger than some of the other CAO uh, varieties that we've smoked. Um, yeah, the first one I had of these, like, you know, we always smoke the st- strong stuff, and I was like, after I got done, I was like, damn, I'm actually a little lightheaded. I'm like, this has got, got quite the kick to it. I, I like it. You know, and CAO has got a lot of good flavorable stuff, but not super strong unless you get into, like, some of the flathead cigars. Got a little more strength to them. But for a, you know, a regular run of CAO, this is 
got an, a nice little kick to it. Yeah, I think it's a good balance between um, you know strength and flavor. Um, I would say more on the flavor than the strength, but it's there. Um, flavors are leathery, earthy. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe even a little grassy. Um, I, I maybe that's something to do with you know the tobacco's aging under the earth. <laughs> yeah, and it's got. I mean. Just not, not just the smell of the cigar, but like just the smelling of the tobacco itself. It's got a real interesting notes to it. It's definitely something new from uh, from CAO, which I mean CAO and Punch. I mean, hell, they're both general cigars, but that's kind of my go-to for my everyday smokes. Is usually either a Punch or a, a CAO, and I said there's not a lot of ones that I'm like, yeah, it's not my my palate you know most of them usually work their way into my daily rotation which this one is kind of a limited edition they're only making five thousand boxes of 20 so get them while they last uh so far it's not going to be a a uh i guess an ongoing cigar unless you know these five thousand boxes just fly off the shelf and uh, yeah maybe we need to do more of those uh arcanas <laughs> i wouldn't be mad if they decided to keep it up well, this week, uh, well, it's past now, but February is is kind of known for Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's, and, well, the Valentine's Day Massacre. But so, we're kind of going to meld those two things of Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day Massacres, and we're going to talk about Valentine's horror movies. Kind of like when Christmas horror movies were like, shit, somebody did horror movies based on Valentine's Day? Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of fitting. So, I don't know. If love is in the air, and until death do us part, I mean, you know. We, we, this episode will not be about Cupid shooting arrows. Unless he's literally shooting arrows into your chest. <laughs> or, you know, could be a coal miner's daughter and find yourself in a mining camp. And, um, yeah, lots of, uh, you know, unique improvised, uh, you know, killery. I won't even say uh, weaponry. <laughs> and if you're going to have to fight off a vengeful miner, you should call in the Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. Get you enough energy to flee for your lives. Or, you know, for that you know, long Valentine's night session, if, you're, if you've got a more traditional Valentine's celebration going on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, romance is in the air. <laughs> and murder. And with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> Once upon a time, on a sad valentine, in a place known as Hanigar Mine, a legend began, every woman and man would always remember the time. And those who remained were never the same. You could see the fear in their eyes Once every year as the 14th draws near There's a hush all over the town For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago and we're back. It's time 
to talk about love and murder. I mean, they go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Crimes of passion. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, that that's it, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like I said, we were kind of surprised to uh, find that Valentine was also well, the subject of a, a of horror. I mean, here's the thing. Is I don't think we were necessarily surprised. I mean, we knew that these movies existed and they were out there, but had you ever watched these movies up to this point? I had never watched the cuz we're talking we're going to talk about three movies, uh one actually called Valentine and then My Bloody Valentine and then there's my the remake which is My Bloody Valentine 3D. And I had I had never seen the and yeah so we got a rare opportunity to see how a remake actually stands up to the original because we never really kind of watched those back to back and I had seen the original when it came out I mean not the original the uh, the remake because I think it came out in like uh, two thousand two thousand and nine yeah two thousand and nine because it because I was a huge Supernatural fan and it had. Uh, uh, I think Jensen that's from, pretty yeah. much the only reason people watched My Bloody Valentine 3D was... <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's got Jensen Eccles and that dude from Dawson Creek in it. <laughs> Where Kara are, Smith. Where are they now? Yeah, I've not seen... That dude was like... Kara Smith was like... Like that, that mid-2000s, he was like in every movie. Because we... I mean, we've talked about Final Destination. He was like the asshole guy in the first Final Destination film... And he, there was a pretty cool, like, vampire movie he was in that I can't remember the name of. But yeah, he was one of those dudes that was, like, in a whole bunch of shit, and then I have not heard of or noticed him in anything in quite some time now. I <laughs> I've not looked up at his IMDb to see what he's he's up to these days. But yeah, I'd seen the, the 2009 remake, but I'd never watched the, uh, the original 1981 My Bloody Valentine until we sat down to start researching this podcast and it's interesting, <laughs> but I, I, we've talked a lot about, you know, I like old school 80s slasher films and this one has pretty much that same 80s formula to it. I mean, okay. I give you the 80s formula, but did you really enjoy it? Because I found myself critiquing and, having a very difficult time getting into it you know like i mean the acting's horrible but it is a canadian horror film are you trying to say canadians can't act <laughs> well are, are we blaming canada for every bad horror movie now what's going on hey william shatner's from canada <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's kind of yeah like i said it it rips off that 80s slasher genre you've got a masked killer who doesn't say anything at least not until like the end when he's revealed of who he actually is but yeah it's very I mean, much he's basically that... the zodiac he just loves to write poems and leave more laying around <laughs> it's like oh you got a red balloon and a heart let me leave you a, a, a poem <laughs> the last poem you may read for the rest of your life <laughs> and uh Freaking the, the movie Valentine that we'll get to it pretty much is, does the same thing. Everyone's stalked by creepy Valentines before they die. So yeah, the directed by 1981, directed by George 
Mahalka. And like I said, this was being a Canadian production. Like, there's a lot of, like, where, like, you go back and watch, like, we went back and watched all the Friday the 13th movies. There's, the slasher genre was such a inexpensive genre film to make at the time. Was it? Would, I mean. Was it? <laughs> a lot of that stuff, like I said, made for, well, this one was made for $2 million, but it only made $5.7 million back. But still, that's, you know, they why? made their money back. <laughs> it's because of that nine minutes of footage they cut. I kind of want to see what, because there's so, supposedly nine minutes that got cut because it was apparently just too, if you find the Blu-ray or too DVD bloody. Um, editions, um, the footage is restored. I don't know. I wasn't really. <laughs> wouldn't uh, curious enough to <laughs> seek that one out. <laughs> it's like, do I suffer another hour? Like, I get it, man. Dude, I, you've I, watched. I... Uh, uh, oh fuck the DragonCon hey, movie. When. when... <laughs> When I'm going Numerous in, times. when I'm going into a bad film and I know it's going to be a bad film, man, I am riled. I am ready. I know what to anticipate. This <laughs> film had such a large cult following, and I'm just like, it, it just didn't do a whole lot for me. I, I got to say though, like, I mean, maybe the you know the one thing it didn't have was the nudity, and that's you know, I yeah. mean, that's got to be the staple of every slasher film. Now, the remake, when we start talking about that, even though it was made in 2009, it stuck to the 80s slasher uh, formula. My only where problem there is with titties. that was 2009 was, you know, that time frame where we must make everything 3D. And it's like, bro, the shovel handle does not need to be in 3D. Well, this was, like, like I said, we'll, we'll jump to that in a minute. But My Blade Valentine 3D was the first movie released in the real D 3d, uh, stuff. So it was, you know, we had jumped from the, the classic paper 3d glasses to like the more, I guess, modern high def 3d. So they're like, Hey, let's like throw everything at the screen and like really use this new technology. <laughs> kind of like some of those, I can almost reach out and touch it. <laughs> kind of like some of those, like, you know, Jason movies when they made the jump to 3d, where it was like stuff going at the camera for like no fucking reason. And- and it just didn't need to happen. <laughs> it did not add anything to it. I mean, this one did have didn't have any nudity, but someone got at least got like down to their bra. I mean, so it, it got close to the the eighties. Maybe that's uh, what nudity. the nine minutes of uh, missing footage. Was. Yeah, it's just straight porn <laughs> and nine minute like minor orgy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that might have livened up the party a little bit. I mean, you know, like, you know, you think back to Jason and, you know, some of the other, you know, major horror films, like, people were throwing legit parties. <laughs> like, a mining town party looks pretty fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, not a, it's not a big town. <laughs> I mean, it does start off with two miners and a mine shaft, uh, and all of a sudden... You know, one of them starts taking off her gear and turns out, oh, she's a lady. But the other dude's like, nah, I'm going to leave the mask on. <laughs> Until he sees her heart tattoo and then loses his shit and, like, kills her with his axe so that they do not explain yet at all. You're like, damn, dude, like, <laughs> you, you hate tattoos that much? Dude, you, they're you sinful. You could at least wait until you got some before you killed her? Jeez. Well, I mean, dude, this is 80, so, you know, what... Tattoo is a symbolism of bad person. You make poor, you know, decisions. You try try to throw a party. You try to get laid. Like you're automatically on the menu to, you know, succumb to some form of 
demise. <laughs> yeah, this one is set in the fictional town of Valentine Bluffs, which is a small Canadian mining town, and hence, you know, the name Valentine's Bluff. They do it big on Valentine's, and the legend of the killer is that two mining supervisors were supposed to, like, there was a team still left in the mine, and they decided to skip out early and leave them in the mine while they went to the town Valentine's party. Well, while they were gone, there was an explosion, and these miners got trapped for, you know, a week or so, or however long he, they were stuck down there. But while once they finally dug them all out, they had all died except for one, who apparently had gone completely insane and survived off of cannibalism. And end up going, you know, being put into a a uh, mental hospital. Well, the following Valentine, he escaped and killed the two mine supervisors and threatened the town that if anybody celebrates Valentine's again, I will return and and kill you all. And the town followed the rules for ten or so years until the young people are like, "Fuck this!" Like, you know, no one remembers that murder anymore. Let's Let's party. And so as soon as they start trying to... It's just an old mind's tale, or wives' tale. Starts trying to celebrate Valentine's again, uh, well, then people start getting killed, and his M.O. is after he kills them, he cuts out their hearts and leaves their hearts in empty Valentine's candy boxes, which is kind of sweet. Daggum Harry <laughs> Warden. Old Harry Warden. Dude, there needs to be a prison warden named Harry. There's got to be one. Like, right. Harry Warden. <laughs> <laughs> but it did, like, we're talking about ripping, you know, 80s formulas. Kind of reminded me a lot of Jaws. Fr- from, if you remember the first Jaws, there's a whole lot, of, a lot of people, like, you know, got killed because the mayor's like, no, no, there's not a shark. Y'all are, you know, tried to cover up, like, the, and then, you know, the town sheriff and the mayor, when this, the bodies start dropping, Starts trying to cover it up. They're like, no, no, it's, uh, you know, don't tell anyone what's, you know, they're trying to like track down the killer in secret, uh, to not to cause panic. But at the same time, you're allowing the killer to <laughs> keep running free. Cause no one realized there's a insane miner running around town, hacking up people with his pickaxe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Can't happen <laughs> here in America. Cause people got too many guns. <laughs> Like, and what kills me? Oh my gosh! I mean, the sheriff even drives a Bronco, kind of like. Uh, <laughs> my problem is he's got a fucking shotgun mounted on the back glass of said Bronco, and at no point when he goes after the killer does he decide, huh? I should probably grab the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Like my first instinct would be, I should grab the shotgun. I'm in a mining tunnel. Those pellets can't spread that far. <laughs> like, I just. The sheer stupidity. Yeah. But I gotta give this movie points for some of the... No, you The don't. kills. No, you don't. I mean, the... I guess the second person to get murdered other than the lady in the in the mineshaft is, like, the lady who's decorating the town for Valentine's Day who also runs the local laundromat. And when they find her, her body's shoved inside of a dryer and, like, all her skin's, like melted off which was a pretty cool visual when they open the dryer and it's like freaking hat i'm pretty sure dryer doesn't get that hot I, but you yeah know, but, <laughs> i mean then again like but it looked this cool. is you know one of the badass heavy industrial 
drivers. This is also, you know, the 80s before there were a ton of regulations, so... True enough. You know... <laughs> OSHA is like, clamped down on a lot of that shit. <laughs> you know, I don't know about the, the underwriters, you know, if, 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 if it was a UEL-listed device or not. Um, eh. I feel like we need to do a myth bust. <laughs> like... See if you can like. Uh, well, cook I mean, a turkey here's the thing: as I, I keep seeing dryer. people do steak in the toaster, right? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe we get a chunk of meat and throw it in the dryer and crank that bitch on high, see what happens. <laughs> I mean, we can even hit it with a little bit laundry detergent, so people like dye Tide Pods and shit so much. Mmm, <laughs> like, that Tide Pod dry rub. <laughs> I mean, dude, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> Uh, Wrap it in some lint instead of aluminum foil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, you know, it also kind of a kind of a murder mystery because uh, you know everyone assumes that this. Well, is I mean, you know, somebody guy. has left town for an extended period of time. And all of a sudden, they show back up. You know, threatening to sell the the mine and whatnot, and it's like no, that's the next one. There was no selling of the mine in this one. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> give or t- so somebody leaves for college for a long time. They come back and mysteriously, it's like bodies drop. It's like no bodies were dropping when you came around. <laughs> or is th- that still the next one? <laughs> no, there was like one of the guys, Tommy, I believe, was uh, had left town for was a miner and left town apparently. Wanted to, you know, move to California and make his, his fortune and failed miserably and had to come back with his tail between his legs and get his old job back at the mine. What were they actually mining? Is it... they never, I'm assuming it's coal. I don't know. <laughs> they never really say. But I'm, I think it's a coal mine. I mean, I just keep seeing tunnels, and I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, this movie should have just been called The Cave. Oh, wait, that was a whole different movie. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, once the town, like, decides to cancel Valentine's again, the young miners are like, fuck that, we have a break room at the mine, let's just move the party there, they can't stop us from partying there, <laughs> and you got Tommy... Whoa, you sound just like the actors. Yeah, and you got Tommy, the guy who plays Tommy, though, I swear looks exactly like the guy who plays, like, Oscar Isaacs. I was like, that's too, he's he's not old enough to play that, but it, it, it could be his yeah, dad. Yeah, like... He looked, I was like, is that fucking Oscar Isaacs? <laughs> there is a resemblance. <laughs> but yeah, him, you know, and he's got, you know, like I said, his girlfriend that he had when he left town uh, ends up hooking up with his buddy Axel, so now him and Axel got kind of a love triangle fighting over the girl thing while people are going around getting axed. But the kill at the party where the one dude goes into the kitchen... And, like, gets held down face first into the vat of hot dogs. <laughs> and you get drowned in hot dog water. And then he cuts out his heart. And, like, you know, so later on some girls go to get a, some hot dogs. And, like, you know, hey, you pull a hot dog out. And there's, like, oh, no, it's a boiled heart. <laughs> and everyone's, like, oh, that's that's a funny joke. <laughs> what I mean, asshole ruined the hot dogs? <laughs> that's probably part of what goes into hot dogs anyway. <laughs> yeah. Who actually knows what goes into a hot dog? Uh, yeah, you just got the pure version. That's that's where they chop it up and put it in the wiener, the wiener sack. It's this is straight up <laughs> heart. Like, oh, it's just a pig heart. But then the other thing that's kind of creepy is like the miner, like where they their dressing shower room. Once they get out of the mine, like all their uniforms get hung up on like a hook in the rafters, and they'll kind of fall down. 
Well, the one guy and girl go to make out in the laundry room and dude's like, I'm going to get another beer and leaves her alone. And then all the, the minor costumes start dropping from the ceiling and scaring the fuck out of her. But when she gets killed, he like impales her on a shower head. So when her boyfriend comes back and finds her, she's like, the water is shooting out of her mouth because the shower head's jammed through her head. I was like, all right, that's a pretty cool visual. I'll give you points for that one as well. Yeah, dude. I mean, this movie didn't invent water fountains. <laughs> I mean, it's a murder that I hadn't seen. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Acting sucks, but... The visual was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, Lady in the Dryer, Lady in the Water Fountain. We're all good. <laughs> and then the one guy that... Because uh, <clears throat> as we spoke about the the freaking Halloween uh, formula... There's always, like, Crazy Eddie or whatever the guy's name from Jason was that has to warn all the kids, like, you're gonna die if you go to the Camp Crystal Lake. It has a blood curse. Yeah. So this movie, we've got uh, uh, Happy, who is the town bartender. He's like, y'all kids, you know, Harry's gonna get you if y'all just, y'all have that Halloween party. And it was like, oh, fucking Happy, Crazy Happy. But then Happy gets killed setting up a prank. So he rigs up a mannequin with a pickaxe. That's so, so like, as soon as the kids open the door, it's going to, like, pop out. And he's like, ha-ha, keeps, like, opening the door, watching the, the, the axe on a spring fall down. And finally, like, the third time he opens it, it's, like, the actual murderer. And he gets impaled with the the, the, the uh, spike. I wonder where Netherworld got that idea. <laughs> it's always one trap, Portageon. Which one is it? Uh, if you didn't have to shit before, you do now. <laughs> Oh, but of course the, and we always talk about old horror movies being a, uh, morality tale. The one off screen kill they have in this one is when they all just, the girls want to go, Hey, we want to go see what the mind looks like. And they take him down in the mind and the supposedly virginal waitress takes her boyfriend off to like some area to, to get it on. And later they find them both like killed while making out with a giant, like drill, ran through them and I'm like they literally got screwed to death while they were trying to screw <laughs> well played <laughs> yep <sighs> and one guy gets a nail gun to the head and you know as uh Tommy and you know Axel and the surviving girls are trying to make it out of the mind we get the reveal that oh uh cause the sheriff shows up and he's like but trying to tell y'all that guy y'all thinks killing everybody. Well, we found out he died like five years ago in the mental ward. Uh, it can't be him. And it turns out his buddy Axel actually lost his shit because his father was one of the two mind supervisors that got brutally murdered by Harry on the original Valentine's Day massacre. And, you know, for some reason, like now that Valentine's started happening again, it made him lose his shit because he, I guess, traumatized by his father getting axed so now he's decided to take up arms and kill everybody in town that dare celebrate valentine's i'm carrying on a legacy <laughs> and then gets like trapped in a cave in and chops his own arm off like i'll get you and like runs off into the <laughs> deeper into the mind and it's surprising that there was never a sequel but 30 years later, they decided well, to that, reboot it. That was the thing is, you know, this series 
you know, was definitely set up for a sequel, but I just don't think the numbers were... <laughs> yeah, it did not make enough money to make that uh, a viable... I, although, I don't know, like, $5 million in 1980, was that <clears throat> successful, or was that not? Like, I mean, they doubled their was, money, but... What was other films doing? Well, the remake did a whole lot better, uh, and it, it too kind of gets set up for a sequel that never happened. My Bloody Valentine 3D, directed by Patrick Lussier, uh, which came out in, as we said, 2009. It, uh, it, it, even though it was 2009, they really went hard after the 80s slasher formula, I think. Because there was t- more titties in this. I will say that I enjoyed My Bloody Valentine 3D, even with the breaking... 3D in-your-face action, uh, <laughs> um, much better, much more enjoyable than the original. Yeah, other than like, like the original the... is like, I can't wait for this to be over, <laughs> and I hope Joe doesn't expect me to talk about it for more than like thirty seconds. <laughs> hey, we got twenty minutes out of it. We're good, but it made a whole it lot more. Oh, you a whole lot more money. I mean, it was made for fourteen million and engrossed a hundred million. So. This one is a little more successful than its uh, original. And like in the effects of the deaths and stuff were were a, a lot a lot better. This one, you know, and this one Tommy is the uh mine owner's son who instead of a supervisor causing an accident on Valentine's Day, he apparently did not remember to vent the methane levels and there was an explosion in the mind and a bunch of people were buried and he was blamed for it. And by the time they dug out the miners, everyone was dead except for Harry who was in a coma. And as they investigated, they realized the reason why he survived, it wasn't cannibalism. Like the first movie, he had killed all the other miners to conserve oxygen. And, you know, of course he wakes up from his, uh, a year later from his coma and, Kills a whole bunch of people in the hospital in a really inventive, bloody way. I and mean, there was a dude, like, cutting half and shit. <laughs> Definitely gave me, like, the, the old Mike Myers, you know, yeah. when he uh, terrorizes the mental ward. And, of course, like, hacks everybody up on Valentine's Day and cuts out their hearts, leaves them in, in Valentine's boxes. And then returns to the mind to try to get vengeance on on uh Tommy who's now the the closed uh mine where the explosion happened a year ago a bunch of teenagers have decided to well not teenagers probably in their 20s decided to throw a, a Valentine's Day party there in the mine and of course Harry shows up and starts ruining plans yep cock blocker <laughs> killing a bunch of people and has Tom trapped and is going to kill him too, but the sheriff shows up and, and shoots him and he runs off into the mine. And then we jump, you know, several, several years later. And Tom apparently after this had left town until his father died. And now he's returned to town to sail the mine. And once again, murders start occurring and they assume it's Harry's come back to finish his vengeance on yeah, Tom. Do they assume kind of felt like they were trying to pin it on Tom the entire time. <laughs> well, his old buddy, his uh that uh survived the first killing with him, 
is now the town sheriff. The sheriff is retired. He's Kerr Smith is now the, uh, who, who plays this version of Axel is now the town sheriff. And he is married to Tom's ex-girlfriend that he left behind when he, he fled the town. Yeah. 10 years later. And boy, does he want her back. <laughs> and Tom, of course, is played by Jensen Eccles. But, you know, our first killing, I mean, it starts off with a pretty hardcore sex scene for uh, 2009. And then, like, a ten-minute naked chase scene. <laughs> I mean, this lady was naked for the entire time. You know, she was getting chased by the That killer. was the nine minutes of footage cut from the previous <laughs> film. We found it! Yeah, they brought it back. Yeah, and the the girl, the naked girl's getting chased is Axel's original girlfriend uh, before he married Tom's girlfriend. Yeah, she's banging some uh, trucker in some seedy motel who she catches filming it all. And then pulls a gun on him to get the tape back when Harry uh, shows up and, and spikes him and starts chasing her naked ass around this uh, seedy motel. Which... Was it just you, or did you get a House of a Thousand Corpse vibe of that? Yeah. I mean, little... you got the little, you know, um, little person, uh, a hotel employee <laughs> running out, like, chasing her little dog, and... And I gotta say, it's so inappropriate, it made me laugh so hard when the girl, like, runs into the uh, manager's room, and like Brad said, it's a little person, a lady, who, uh, <laughs> when the killer comes in, he literally uppercuts her with a pickaxe and pins her to the ceiling. <laughs> So she's hanging from a pickaxe stuck in the ceiling. <laughs> uh, I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to hell because this is hilarious. And we also need to do a test. If you're pressed against a wall and you have a metal bed frame, like, I kind of felt like that was given a lot more defensive opportunity. Like, if I've got a pickaxe, Guess what? A metal frame, bed frame's got a lot of holes in, and I'm like, I'm yeah. not even a miner. Maybe I need to be a miner because apparently <laughs> they suck with a pickaxe. Yeah. So she's hiding under the bed, and then he flips the mattress off, and she grabs the bed and like use tries to use it as a shield, but it's like just a crappy like spring match spring bed frame that's like, and he's like trying to get her and can't get through it, and he's like, oh yeah, I have a pickaxe. It's stuck to the ceiling with this lady on it, and goes back and. Pulls her off the ceiling, gets his axe back, and then sticks it through the hole and <laughs> stabs her in the stomach. <laughs> and then cuts her heart out and sends a Valentine's present to the, the current sheriff. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> but of course, Tom is also staying in that hotel, so they immediately think it's him and, you know, get suspicious of him. Uh, you know, and then later on, he goes to the, the mine to speak with... Uh, the current like mine for him and let him know he's he's going to you know sell the mine it ends up having to ride down with a uh, one of the miners that's probably going to get fired and hates him and as soon as he gets down there he gets locked in a some kind of supply closet while the dude like kills uh kills the his mind uh mine guide <laughs> and the you know, I do like 
once you see how it ends and you go back and you're like, the killer's not trying real hard to kill Tom. She's just kind of like looking at it and almost mirroring his movements and reactions. Cause later on you'll find out why, but I, yeah, it's like, it was like a little detail that you didn't notice until you, yeah, like, I, I thought that was pretty good until you got to the end and you went back and like, Oh, okay. Like I noticed it. But then again, like, I don't know. Like I had it pegged from the start just because from the original, like I was like, Oh, that's exactly how, uh, well, in the original, it was Axel was the killer that went crazy. I know. So, like, you kept expecting... So, you know, you know they are like, oh, it's got to be... They never found, you know, Harry. It's got to be Harry killing everybody. He's come back to get his vengeance. And the sheriff's like, looks at the mayor and the old retired sheriff's like, hey, do y'all want to tell him or should I? And he's like, they're like, what are you talking about? Well... You know, Mr. Mayor and the old sheriff here did find Harry after, you know, trying to make it out a, you know, old mine escape hatch. And they decided to take justice in their own hands and killed him and buried him in the woods. That's all. I'll go show y'all his grave. Because, you know, since I guess he's the new sheriff, he was briefed on what had (laughs) happened by the old sheriff. So he takes them all out to where Harry's supposedly buried and they find an empty grave. And it's like... Is that really even a grave? Yeah, well, I felt like bury was... him very deep. No, <laughs> like, I, I'm like, are you sure he was dead? And they're like, of course he was dead. We, we, we put about ten rocks around the corpse, um, and <laughs> yeah. you know, threw some dirt on over the top of. No more than an inch, though. You know. <laughs> so yeah, the you know Tom is convinced that's you know Harry's back, and Axel's not convinced that's not Tom. Especially when they find the whatever former sheriff. Uh, killed and put in the grave later on he's like well if it's not harry it's got to be one of the eight people i showed this grave to so and like six of them are dead (laughs) pretty sure it's tom at this point (laughs) i mean are we doing process of elimination (laughs) but then later on you know axel's actually banging his wife's uh assistant that they work at the local grocery store and she had written him a valentine's card that said you know be my valentine something other it was something specific that she had wrote and when the murderer shows up at the grocery store and starts chasing them around and and trying to kill them he eventually gets a hold of the the mistress and when they find her body she's in blood the thing from her valentine's card was written on the wall so it's like kind of even more throwing shade at at axel (laughs) i mean anybody who has seen the original movie is like Oh yeah, fucking Axel's gonna, yeah, has snapped. But it was good misdirection on that. I don't know. You're in a grocery store. There's a killer. You're unarmed. What do you go for? Maltov cocktails. Yeah. There gotta be some high-proof wine in there. (laughs) But I mean, then again, like, the dude's wearing a mask. So, you know, like... You'd have to create fire. Cause I was the, like, my original thought was chemical concoction, blind the person, get away. Yeah, there's there's cleaning supplies in there. You could definitely like, you know, little uh, Clorox and bleach and How make often? some uh, <laughs> gas. Well, he had a gas mask, so that wouldn't yeah, help you very much. Well, you would have like, to have to get past the uh, the gas mask. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what improvise I could I could do in that scenario. <laughs> I mean, hmm. Yeah, because 
I mean, you can go to housekeeping and, you know, find some mops and brooms and all that kind of stuff, but that's not going to carry much weight against the pickaxe. Well, I mean, if it's a uh, a grocery store that has a butcher's department, there's probably some kind of, like, meat-cutting tool. <laughs> there's probably at least a butcher's knife in there. See somebody run out with a fucking bandsaw? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's something I've not seen anybody kill anyone with in a horror movie. I mean, I think I've seen people get thrown into a bandsaw, but I've never seen anyone, like, trying to chase somebody down with one of those, like, portable meat uh, <laughs> bandsaws. God. <laughs> or, or get some ribs and sharpen them. Make you a <laughs> stabbing instruments out of a, out of a tomahawk steak. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you wouldn't have a lot of time to, like, whittle a spear or something, but, I mean, y- you would need something with... You know, I'm thinking melee weapon, but it's got to have a little range, you know? Because yeah. you don't want to be, like... A pickaxe doesn't have a super huge radius. No, it's... it's just, and, you know, it's but, heavy enough that most people aren't going to be able to swing it very fast. Uh, I mean, he does throw it very ninja-like at times, and, like, you know, he did get some ranged kills out of his, uh... <laughs> throwing his pickaxe. Hmm. Aluminum trash can lid. Shield deflector. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of got an homage to the original later when, uh... He shows up at the sheriff's house uh, and ends up killing his uh, maid and putting her in the dryer. So you get that, you know, reveal of open the dryer and there's a, a cooked body in the dryer. I'm like, ah, oh, I see where you where you got that from. Nice, <laughs> nice throwback there, sir. <laughs> and like, like the. Like the one like lady deputy is like scared, you know, that's supposed to be watching the house, realize like, oh, I totally missed somebody breaking like, in this house. You and... take point. No, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the old sheriff shows up, you know, because he's out hunting and it's like, it's like, he's like, she's like, uh, you want to go first? She's like, uh, I'm retired. It's technically your job to go. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll back you up, but <laughs> you're the one getting paid to do this shit. <laughs> I'm just hunting a killer for a hobby. <laughs> And of course, the sheriff's uh, love shack is like this abandoned, you know, cabin near the mine that's full of, you know, Valentine's boxes. Yeah, his so, <laughs> oh, it just so happens to have that same phrase. Yeah, so you know, Tom calls the yeah you know, he supposedly finds the cabin and calls the wife. And like, hey, uh, I need to show you something at at uh, Axel's cabin. And she checks herself out of the hospital because she had got injured fight. And Tom calls her and is like, "Hey, it's our Axel. Hey, it's Tom. He's the killer because I found out he's been in a mental home for the last seven years." So she starts getting suspicious and wrecks the car and takes off running because she's convinced Axel's the killer. Well, then when she gets to the cabin, she finds that all those Valentine's boxes that have that are stashed there and the. Uh, the Valentines to the, and to even the, the picture too. Girlfriend. Yeah. Like, and the picture. So now she's like, Oh, maybe it is Axel. And of course the killer shows up and chases them all into the mind. And as soon as she runs into Axel, who's come to save her, steals his gun and has him and Tom at gunpoint. And she's like, she's like, shoot him. He's the, he's the killer. And he's like, no, no, shoot him. He's the killer. And then, you know, he finds like, yeah, yeah, just shoot me. What? And he's like, she's like, yeah, like shoot us both. That's the only way you're going to survive this. Like, you know, I love you. Go ahead and kill me because kill us both. You'll definitely get the killer. <laughs> but then Tom starts losing his shit because, oh no, there's the killer. He's coming for us. And they're all like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? We're the only people here. And then you, it starts going back to the previous murders and reveals, dun, dun, dun. It's Tom, but Tom had a mental break and it's a split personality. So this whole time he's been hunting the killer. He's the killer and just doesn't realize it. So it goes back and shows some of those murders where he was present when it turns out like, no, he was doing the killing. And you know, it was just kind of a hallucination of, of, uh, there being two guys when it was actually really him. And he finally, you know, the bad Tom takes over <laughs> and then they, you know, you know, he ends up, uh, getting in a good fight with the, with the sheriff and get, you know, ends up ax- uh, pickaxing Axel. Axel got axed <laughs> and gives the wife the gun. He's like, you know, who's a horrible shot. I was like, yeah, sheriff, you should teach your wife to shoot better. <laughs> you have failed your responsibility, sir. <laughs> and he's like, there's only one bullet left. Make it count. And she shoots him, but just barely grazes him. But luckily hits a gas tank that it causes a huge explosion and, and fries sort of fries, Tom. And you know, She's awfully for, you know, well, finds out her husband's been cheating on her for a long time, but you know, he did come and save her. So she's like, Oh, I'm love you. I'm sorry. I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And I guess they, you know, they have a Valentine miracle. Yeah. After he gets out of the hospital, they may have to, you know, revisit this. Like, I, hey, I, motherfucker, I, you were fucking my, uh, <laughs> my teenage assistant. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of feeling like, uh, divorce is imminent. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was a well, little, uh, well, honey, you know, she's dead. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not in a necrophilia. Anymore. <laughs> it's I mean, a small town. <laughs> There's not that many people. <laughs> you know, it won't be her. Oh, <laughs> uh, but of course, in true 80s horror movie fashion, the killer's never actually dead. So when the rescue queue goes into the mind, they find Tom still alive and he ends up, which, like you said, the overuse of 3D, that was kind of cool because he ends up hitting the uh, rescue worker, it's like first person's perspective through the gas mask. And you see the pickaxe come right through the, the eye of the gas mask into your screen. As he kills the uh, rescue worker, takes his uniform and sneaks out the mind himself to, to return and kill again that he they never do because it didn't get great reviews, It did, but it didn't make money. Yeah. I mean, it made money. It just, uh, I don't know. I Eccles mean... got too famous doing supernatural. And he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> They're like, it's going to, we made the first one for 14 million. Now we're going to have to pay like Jensen Eccles a lot more money. So yeah, we're just not going to do another sequel. He's too expensive. But I mean, <laughs> does it really need another sequel? I mean, you know, we, we get it. It follows the same premise. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, Something would have to be switched up or whatever because it would be like, all right, I've seen the same thing three times now. Yeah, and then you. I mean, you know, the, pretty much. I will say that my Bloody Valentine 3D. You know, obviously we had high definition. We had you know, better. You know, just overall quality of film. Well, they kind of blew it for a sequel because I mean, you get Jason Michael Myers Leatherface. You always know who the killer is where this one tried to make it into a murder mystery in both movies where you didn't know who the masked killer was till the end. And once you reveal that you lose that option for a sequel, cause you're automatically know it's going to be either Tom or Axel next time around. 
and there's not a mystery to the murder. What do you do when there's no Tom or Axel? Yeah. And it's the wife. <laughs> I mean, they could do like Scream, like the, the ghost face killer was somebody different in every movie. But yeah, like to do a sequel, you kind of lose your murder mystery part of My it. My husband was cheating on me, and I seek vengeance for all the whores in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's her name shows up is now. I mean, dude, got a gas mask? I mean, about the only thing that might give it away is, you know, probably a smaller stature and be like, is that boobs behind that mind suit? I don't know. I can't really tell. Tom shrink. <laughs> and, you know, he's wearing a gas mask the whole thing. They never they never did the Vader. That could... Yeah, I mean, that was I mean, one of the could've... things that you got in the original, you know, as they were running Could have got the... the breathing. Yeah. You know, because the original, like, I, I kept... All right. Calm down there, Mike Myers. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> Gonna have to ventilate that thing. <laughs> and our last Valentine horror movie, which you didn't actually watch all of this one. Did you Did you at least read the Wikipedia synopsis? <laughs> I don't think I have yet. I, I, I want to go into this as, as blindly as possible, just like the listeners, and I will just... Make some pointless, stupid comment that we'll probably edit out later anyway. <laughs> well, this one uh, uh, came out in 2001, directed by Jamie Blanks, called Valentine. And this one, you know, actually had, like, a pretty big-name cast. It, you know, it starred Denise Richards, David uh, Boranaz from Angel at the time, but since Bones and Seal Team, you know, he's a pretty big dude now. Jessica Capshaw, Marley Shelton, and Catherine, a young Catherine Heigl who has been in a lot of <coughs> movies and hell, she's probably one of the more famous people. And then, you know, she's that first, first girl to die 15 minutes into the movie. <laughs> oh, but yeah, this one, it kind of, it, uh, also didn't make a whole lot of money. It, um, uh, made for 10, made 36 million, but <laughs> it was panned by critics. Cause they said it was too similar to 1980s slasher films. I'm like, no, that's why it was good, because it was similar to 1980s slasher films. That's what I want to see. <laughs> but it's 2001. But, I mean, it is, you know, I mean, you got to have the formula. Yeah, I mean, we don't you have know. good slasher movies anymore. I mean... Or is it just that... The Scream films are probably have the... have been done, you know, so well that it's like... I mean... How do you really top it? I mean... I mean, there's a lot, lot more supernatural horror now, but yeah, as far as just your straight-up 80s slasher style, I think, you know, Scream probably is the last ones I remember, and those were just kind of homages to the 80s slasher. You know, you, you, there's so much, like, self-referential, you know, of the movie genre. But yeah, it was like, that was like, critics like, oh, it's too much like an 80s slasher. I'm like, no, that's why I actually like this movie. <laughs> And kind of like the other one, I watched it because, you know, I was a big Buffy and Angel fan at the time, and I was like, hey, Angel's in a movie that's not a Buffy movie? Let me check this shit out. <laughs> but the basic, it's a basic, well, kind of like My Bloody Valentine, a revenge movie, because back in 1988, young Jeremy Milton, uh, who is kind of like your stereotypical big teeth, glasses, nerd kid from from 80s movies, goes and asks all of the popular girls to dance at the Valentine's dance, and they all ridicule him, except for one who's at least nice about it. It's like, ah, maybe later. Well, he finally asks the 
kind of the big girl. And she's like, agrees, because she's not dancing with anybody. And they end up making out, like, under the bleachers. And they get caught by the bullies. And she immediately denies that she was making out. I'm like, oh, no, he forced himself on me. Well, the bullies beat the shit out of him. And uh, he ends up getting, I guess, charged for sexual assault. And goes to juvenile and ends up in a reform school. And eventually in, like, a mental home for being framed. And fast forward 13 years, all the girls are grown up and have careers and, and whatnot. And the thing like when he, the kid got super stressed out, his nose would start bleeding. So it starts off with Catherine Heigl is now a medical student, you know, preparing for a test on like cadavers when a silent masked killer, uh, and your true eighties fashion, who's a dude in a trench coat with a, basically a, um, Cupid mask. But as he's chasing her, like nose of the mask starts bleeding. So it's, Obviously, adult uh, Jeremy has come back for his vengeance. Kind of disappointed. I don't know exactly what a Cupid mask looks like. Is it just big, rounded cheeks? Yeah, and... it's basically like a cherub baby mask with, like, you know, kind of blonde, curly hair like you see in all the little... The the fat angel baby versions of Cupid that, you know, shows up in all your traditional Valentine's uh, <laughs> accoutrement. So, yeah, you know, homegirl gets... uh Tries to hide... Yeah, you're running from a killer. She decides to hide inside a body bag in the morgue, which did not save her because he eventually figured out one of the bags was breathing and uh, <laughs> slit her throat. But kind of like in My Bloody Valentine, before he kills people, he sends them a Valentine's card that has really great uh, poems about how they're going to die. <laughs> And they even have, like, cool pop-outs where it's like... Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm gonna run a skewer through you. Yeah, like, literally, like, she pulls, like, a like a tab, like an old pop-up book, and, like, a knife comes out and slis- slices the throat of the girl in the card. I'm like, homeboy spent a lot of time on uh, <laughs> on building these, uh, <laughs> his cards. And, yeah, you, you jump to, like, all the girls have grown up. Uh, Denise Richards, uh, her, you know grow up, become like the, the slutty popular girl. And, and one of them's dating an artist and one of them's like a, a journalist. The one that was actually nice to him. Kate is now a, a journalist who's also played. If you're a, uh, if you're a fan of, uh, the Sandlot, uh, young, uh, was it uh pepper peppercorn? The, the, uh, the hot, uh, 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 uh lifeguard from the sandlot. She plays Kate. <laughs> so I'm like, man, that chick looks familiar. Who is that? And I'm like, Oh, it's Wendy peppercorn. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, didn't realize she was <laughs> still doing movies. Cause like, I don't know that movie's like set like so old. Do you think it's like an old movie? And then you're like, Oh no, that movie's like not that old. So she's not that old <laughs> in 2001. <laughs> is that Mar- Marley Shelton? I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. That, and the girl that had framed him, she grew up to be lose a bunch of weight and got hot. And now she's like got rich parents and has got like a scumbag boyfriend who's really a con artist and trying to like scam her out of money. But yeah, they all start getting weird Valentines and bodies start dropping. And, you know, they're all arguing over, oh, well, it's your boyfriend. Campbell's probably the killer. And as you said, you know, Cupid shooting arrows of they go to like an art display where like there's this whole maze of video screens 
and one girl gets tracked down by, and dude actually shoots her full of arrow. Uh, Cupid actually shoots her full of arrows. <laughs> nice. Damn, I'm sorry. I, I would have watched this film just for that alone. <laughs> Ed, like, you know... Can we just fast forward to that part? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sweet. There's a lot of inventive kills. Like I said, it all kind of accumulates with the rich girl decides to have a huge Valentine's party at her house or, well, her parents' like mansion. And, of course, killer shows up. And they assume that uh, her boyfriend, played by uh, the guy played by Angel... Uh, who is Kate's current ex on and off again boyfriend who is like an alcoholic who's supposedly gotten sober. They're like, oh no, he's got to be the killer. And at one point during the party, Denise Richards uh, points for this kill, decides to go uh, get drunk in the hot tub and is out there chilling in the hot tub and killer comes in and like locks her in the hot tub. There's like a clear glass cover for the hot tub for some reason. So she's like in there, but there's not enough I mean, there's still, like, a big air pocket, so you can't drown her. So he gets, like, a big-ass drill and starts drilling through the cover of the hot tub, ends up hitting her in the shoulder. Then after a while, he's, like... Because she keeps, like, moving all about, and he's, like, why am I fucking doing this? He finally, like, lifts the cover and just tosses the drill in and electrocutes her in the hot tub. (laughs) Does that work? It did. It fried her pretty good. (laughs) Almost like, you know, body in the uh, (laughs) dryer. (laughs) I just keep thinking toaster in the oven, and I'm like, does that really work? (laughs) I don't think toaster in the oven will kill you, but toaster in the bathtub will kill you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bathtub. (laughs) You gotta have the water. I mean, toaster in the oven probably just cause a fire. (laughs) Toaster in the microwave, that might cause some problems, too, because, you know, microwaves don't like metal. They go boom. They love it. (laughs) It's like, you know, one of those... uh... Balls we used to get like in the, as a kid, and you'd like touch it, and you'd see the electrical beams like change <laughs> as you moved your hand on it. Yeah, and one girl like gets chased through the house, ends up hiding in a sauna, and as soon as she tries to sneak out, he grabs her and throws her through a glass shower door, and then like impales her head on a piece of glass. But yeah, once Denise gets uh, fried, all the power goes out, so everyone leaves except for except for the two remaining girls, and they're arguing over whose boyfriend the killer actually is. So they call the cop who's been investigating it all, and and who had said like, "Yeah, I'm on the way." The guy we figured out, you know, he's you know, it's probably Jeremy. Uh, and well, she's when she dials the number, she's like, "Here's the phone ringing," and goes looking and finds the cop's head floating in the koi pond out front. And she had written, like, a IOU, a Valentine's note to her boyfriend, and that note was beside the pond. So she's like, oh, shit, it is Angel. He's the killer. So she comes back in, and he's, like, falling off the wagon and drunk. She's like, he's like, come on, dance with me. And she, like, kicks him in the balls and runs and, like, goes and actually finds a gun. (laughs) For the first time in a horror movie, somebody went and got a gun. (laughs) Apparently the dad had a study full of guns. Well, as she's coming out, the killer like basically pops out of nowhere and knocks her and they both roll down the stairs. And as the killer's getting back up, angel shows up with the pistol and like fills it full of lead and they take off the mask and it's Dorothy, the, the former chubby girl who's now, you know, hot. They're like, Oh, she must've been like, you know, carrying out her vengeance from, you know, yeah. Cause we all made fun of her for being the fat girl in high school. And he's, and of course, you know, angels like, yeah, I've, I've always loved you. And, and as he's like holding her and the girls like, you know, they're waiting for the cops to arrive. His nose starts bleeding. 
and you realize he was the killer all along and it just like put the other girl in his costume to cause a shenanigan because <laughs> when he takes the mask off she's got like a black eye for like no reason I'm like oh shit he knocked her the fuck out and then dressed her up as the killer <laughs> so you get like a cool what's a of... twist moment yeah <laughs> alright I, I, I... it's like they. they it's kind of like with My Bloody Valentine they take the popular hero character and make him the killer so you don't expect Jensen Eccles or David Boreanaz to be the be the freaking killer but yet they are. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> you have been listening to Cigar Nerds Podcast. <laughs> so I'm about halfway through this uh, mortal coil here. What are, you, what are you thinking about it so far? I mean, it's an all right stick. Um, you know, this, this is my second time having it. Um, it's... It's enjoyable, but at the same time, it it's not really what I look for in a cigar. You know, um, I, I really prefer, you know, a lot more spice and, you know, um, strength. And this is, you know, a lot more earthy, but with a touch of strength. And it just, you know, it really isn't holding my palate. I mean, this is the second one I've had, and I like it because it is stronger than most of the CAOs. But yeah, it's it's real earthy. It's, I mean, the visuals of it, the box is cool, the band looks cool. I mean, it's got brilliant marketing behind it. I will give yeah. it that. And like I said, I, if you want something that's a little stronger than the average, like I said, I, I, I normally smoke, you know, heavy stuff and the first one I smoked all the way down to the nub and I got a little lightheaded uh, so it's I like the strength access but it's also a $12 stick so it's not really something that would make it into my daily you know my my go-to rotation but it's not a bad experience like I said I would recommend at least trying I mean it. if somebody is a fan of like the CAO MX2 and it's like, all right, you know, I just want to try something different. You know, maybe try one of these. Um, but uh, I, I I think more went into the marketing than the the blending. You know, um, I'm a I, I love this I love Nicaraguan tobaccos. Um, I I think I would like it with something a little bit different than a Connecticut wrapper. Um, I think I would also like it if maybe there was some Lajero thrown about. I'm going to kick it up a kick Yeah, it up a few I mean, notches. you know, just, just to bring out some spice, because that same earthy flavor is what you get from start to finish. And it's like... Eh. I mean, I like it, but like I said, it's not... I mean, I'm not... I I'm, don't like it enough that it's would be a, a a regular smoke but it, it's different and i think it's i think it's made for a specific palette i mean if you like earthy with a little bit of strength this may be the cigar for you but but like you said kind of like a little more pepper a little more lajero uh in my in my cigars you know uh, the earthy 
earthy stuff's not kind of my go-to yeah, flavor profile. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, there's people that if this is your that fit your flavor profile, this is going to be a phenomenal cigar for you. I'm not saying it's, you know, oh, this is a terrible cigar and nobody should smoke it. I'm just saying it's not the cigar for me, and that's okay. Like, that's why there's so many varieties, and that's why, you know, if you're shopping for somebody that's a cigar smoker and you don't know, like, what they like, opt for the gift card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, everyone's palate's different, and just because you like a cigar might not mean someone else Ab- likes a cigar. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, the construction, uh, the looks, the marketing, everything's there. It's just not the flavor profile for me. And it's, you know, kind of a limited run, so try it while you can. But, you know, other people that have, have tried, you know, really like it, because I guess it's... I mean, dude, It's IP- stronger than the average cigar, but like I said, we smoke really strong cigars, so it's, I mean, at the it's same, not super overwhelming. I, I, I think I'll leave my it at palate. this. You know, people love IPAs. I don't like IPAs. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to rave about an IPA um, because that's not the beer of choice for me. If I'm at a party and that's what I'm offered, great. I'll, I'll entertain and I'll, you know. <laughs> It'll get you drunk. <laughs> I mean, I, I will drink it, you know. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to go out and be like, oh, let me pay $20 for this box of IPAs knowing I don't like them. Like it just. So uh, as we wrap up our 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 Valentines here, do you have a favorite kill? Um, I really kind of like the use of the shovel. Um, oh yeah, know, I totally the, forgot about the shovel in, yeah. in Bloody Valentine 3D. You know the the shovel going through the jaw and just yeah, like he hits a girl in the mouth with a shovel and then hammers it in with the pickaxe, so it like pins it to like a board she's standing in front of so the body just falls away and the upper head just sits in the the scoop of the shovel i was like oh fuck i haven't seen that before that's pretty awesome yeah i mean i think for me like that was that was probably one of the cooler kills i don't know they tried to do the the thing that hostile did with the eyeball but it just turned out kind of (laughs) cheesy Yeah, for me, it's it's got to be the the little person getting pinned to the ceiling with the pickaxe. That made me laugh so hard that I'm definitely going to hell. <laughs> Did the dog survive? Uh, Whatever happened to the dog? That's important. I don't. Like, I they never showed it, so I'm assuming it survived. I didn't. I didn't see it die, so I'm gonna go with the old rule: no body, no corpse. <laughs> the dog probably survived. The dog was probably smart enough to like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. There's a dude with an axe. Yeah. Like, hmm, he don't look friendly. Nope, I'm gonna go find some kibble somewhere. This is none of my business. <laughs> Y'all handle your own shit. <laughs> Most death. And with that, have a happy, scary Halloween or Valentine's Day, and we'll be right back.
science. And we're back. It's time for some science. I don't have any uh, uh, mining science for you, though, so don't have anything to, to, to blend in with our main topic this week. But we can talk about clean energy <laughs> and how I can save birds. <laughs> Over yes. to you, Joe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some people complain about the wind turbines and you know how they may be you know not worth what they actually produce but another kind of thing that environmentalists uh, don't like about the wind turbines is they kill birds cuz basically they're giant fucking fans and there's been a problem with them eagles flying into them so uh new smart uh camera system developed by a company called Identiflight detects the presence of birds and identifies if they are endangered or not and shuts down the spinning blades before impact. So if you're not an endangered bird, you're fucked, which will lead to endangered birds. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much it's like, oh, that's a crow, fuck them. <laughs> but we're going to leave the predatory eagles to eat all of the other birds. Like, <laughs> Yeah, a study published in the Journal of Applied Ecology um, they basically uh, deployed a bunch of this this uh, camera system to, and kind of in one field of wind turbines, and left another one alone and tracked over about a year, tracked uh, bird fatalities by counting you know eagle corpses on the ground, and they uh, you know had a decrease of eighty two percent in the fatalities of uh, eagles during this study. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not just a a uh, camera system. It like I said, it has like an AI component that actually you know sees if it's a bird worth saving or not. Which I, that's kind of a weird part of the study. Why not just set it up to you know stop like... when any birds come through? But it's like, oh no no, well, that's I... a, that's an expensive bird. Let's I kind of <laughs> feel like any bird. Like, okay, I'm, I haven't been to any of the wind farms, but I've done a lot of work around cell towers. You know what cell towers attract? Birds. Birds. <laughs> you know what big, tall surfaces attract? Probably birds. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, if you did every bird, you're probably going to be shut down a majority of the time. And, you know, if you're under the boat that man, this wind turbine farm's got to be really, really successful. Otherwise, you know, my idea is kaput. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that hurts your cause. So, Yeah, the camera system works using camera tower that is placed to cover multiple wind turbines in the vicinity and can spot and track preset protected bird species up to a kilometer away. And using optical sensors, uh, the towers you know, identify incoming birds and uses artificial intelligence to determine their trajectory and speed, adjusting the turbine's motion accordingly so it you know, s slows it down, speeds it up, whatever. And then what happens when so the bird's like, the... hey, stage right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we literally the, uh... just murdered a murder of crows. <laughs> it's kind of like... Um, when guns first got put into like World War Two, World War One fighting planes, where you see the old guns mounted like directly in front of the pilot shooting through the blades of the propeller, they actually invented something that when the propeller comes around, it 
and like engages a safety on the gun so it won't shoot when there's a propeller in front of it. So it's basically kind of the same, I guess, same type of you know high tech version of that. But there, you know, it's kind of don't know how many companies will decide to implement this because it's the camera system itself costs like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars and cost about eight hundred or eight thousand dollars a year in maintenance. So it's kind of a expensive. So I, I doubt these companies will try to, will voluntarily implement it unless it's like, you know, forced upon them by some kind of law. Protect the birds. <laughs> and speaking of flying things, the world's first flying race car will compete this year. Basically, uh, a company, uh, go, go speed racer. <laughs> There, it's basically almost like it looks almost like your quadcopter drones, but bigger with a pilot seat in the middle of it. Uh, the um, made by a company called Alada, uh, the Airspeeder Mark III is a basically a giant racing drone, and they're the first race uh, kind of as a I guess proof of concept and make sure it's going to be safe is scheduled for uh, Australia this year. But the first race is going to be an unmanned race. They're going to fly them remotely. So basically, there's going to be giant drones. Uh, it's like a large-scale so version of drone race, racing. Is it like the drone racing that you know we see televised occasionally, where you're going through you know a set course of hoops and? I do not know. It doesn't. There's not a uh, a kind of setup of how the race is actually going to work. But I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like a NASCAR race. They said these these Mark III has a top speed of 120 km kilometers per hour which 75 miles per hour for you uh americans <laughs> i don't think that's really going to captivate people's attention though <laughs> i mean nascar's going 160 and people's like this is boring shit <laughs> yeah it's and also they're you know they're, they're doing this kind of drone racing version of it first to see if it's going to be safe and they have like all kind like of I, and i also kind of feel like if you're fl- falling out of the sky like i don't know what altitude they're racing at but <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel like you've got a less of a chance, you know, because you can't really have airbags and everything else when you're falling at the force of gravity. Yeah, apparently, like these, these are going to use a uh, lidar, which is like a remote sensing laser technology that basically is going to build a virtual force field around the racers to keep them basically like you know computer override to keep them from crashing into one another. Which that's half the reason you watch NASCAR is for the crashes. <laughs> so. Unless it is like the the drone racing we see with all the cool loops and everything else, but it's I like feel like too like uh, you know this is pretty manned. Boring. It's got to be heavy. It's like yeah, it's I, a good sized vehicle from the looks of it. But as long as the remote controlled race uh, that's going to happen in Australia later this year is successful uh, and the vehicles are you know sound and uh, don't crash. Uh, they're going to basically release the manned version and debut in a race in 2022. We always wanted flying cars. Now we got flying cars. But is it though? Because it doesn't look like it has wheels. No, it's basically a manned drone. Or yeah, it looks like yeah, you're, like I, looks I, like you're a DJ Magic Pro Two, but with a pilot seat in it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure those metal support arms that are, you know, propping this thing up, like, those aren't wheels. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like your basic quadcopter, uh, with like, you know, it has like double 
propellers on each of four kind of arms. Can we and... just get the military to race like predator drones or something? <laughs> like... And they start shooting at each other. That will add drama to the like. I'd rather see that version of drone racing than <laughs> it's you know. Or you do it like you know the ESPN like the actual drone races they do now with like the VR goggles because those things do some cool like stunts and moves and stuff in their races going this through thing those. It doesn't strike me that it's going to be doing cool stunts and stuff. Like they they need to. I mean that would that would definitely make it worth watching. If there's not going to be any crashes, you better be doing some crazy shit in those flying flying cars. But. To... To, well, it's uh, going to be like my... every time there's a crash, it's like, oh shit, oh shit, cut to commercial. Like, <laughs> they put like a big net over the racetrack. So if they crash, they just they land on something soft. <laughs> we don't know how, but the net literally just chopped this person into a whole bunch of little squares. But then again, they do like those whatever airplane races, those like Red Bull, you know, flying races. So, I mean, the the risk has to be similar. They're not going 75. <laughs> I mean, they're probably going faster than that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I I don't know. I just, I feel like the risk, the entertainment value here is it's not going to be very entertaining. <laughs> or it's going to appeal only to people that are hardcore about drone technology, which, I mean, I'll just get a self-guided drone and you know drive it myself and watch it do cool shit and then i'll be like oh hell i wrecked it <laughs> uh well another another person is tired of flat earthers talking shit and is wants to send a flat earther to space so they'll shut the fuck up and they probably <laughs> still won't like why do we keep feeding the trolls <laughs> yeah so um Mark uh, Gauld uh, has started a GoFundMe and is trying to purchase a seat on uh, either Virgin Galactic's or uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX first manned uh, civilian uh, commercial uh, flight to space. Uh, so yeah, he started this GoFundMe so so he can like wants to. He's like, if I can send at least one flat Earther up into space to see the Earth, then maybe he'll tell other flat Earthers that it's not flat. <laughs> Uh, right now, the uh, ticket on the, uh, the this first flight is going to cost you about $250,000. And as of this recording, I checked, and his Go- GoFundMe has only made $250. So uh, That's about $250 too much, because guess what? <laughs> There's a bunch of astronauts that can probably attest to this theory. If you choose to believe in something that obviously... Nah, is... man, it's a conspiracy. It's a group of lemurs. No one believes that shit. <laughs> Hollywood did the whole like moon landing, man. <laughs> uh, Maybe so yeah, they if did. you if you want to make uh, Mark's dream uh, of getting a flat earther to space, you can. Uh, there'll be a link to this article in the show notes, and you know, maybe you can go. You know, hey Elon, you got some money? Or maybe it's Mark's dream that he goes to outer space, and this is just a way to try to gain momentum for his own personal campaign. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hmm. My name is Mark, and I'm the flat earther that you supported. Thank you. <laughs> Guess what? It's not flat. Woo! But at that point, like, wouldn't that be like, uh, you know, some kind of like felony, like, you know, <laughs> some kind fraud of fraud or something? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. But, but yeah, then from... again, if you're dumb enough to donate, you know, to GoFundMe for a stupid ass cause like this, when there are so many other 
more meaningful causes. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Somebody yeah. needs to make a fucking TikTok video and it'll explode and he'll have, you know, the money overnight or something. <laughs> gotta get that shit viral. Maybe, maybe he's gotta find an influencer. <laughs> well, we got a Florida man article, or, well, at least Florida man adjacent. Oh, boy! Uh, hacker attempt to poison city water supply in Florida. Ah, Florida man. <laughs> uh, officials in the in Florida say a hacker remotely gained access to a local water treatment plant, attempting to increase the amount of sodium hydroxide in the water to potentially dangerous levels. Uh, basically, it uh, yeah, workers noticed their mouse moving by itself and and caught the the attempted uh, hack uh, before any you know any chemicals were actually released into the water. And they say even if he was was able to do this it takes basically if you adjust the setting it takes a couple days for it actually makes it into the water supply so there wasn't a high risk of this actually going through someone would have been like hey but what this- happens if this setting is actually needed it's like ah we're we're at critical mass but it's gonna take you know like, i don't know <laughs> fuck how the hell do we manage to fuck up water <laughs> Well, apparently this, uh, yeah, sodium hydroxide is lye, which is a, uh, a, you know, stuff that's normally in water, but it's, you know, and in a lot of industrial stuff for it actually kind of balances the acidity levels of water, but in the levels that we're attempting to be put in, it would definitely be harmed. But the town that this occurred in is a uh, plant of Old Smar in a city of around 15,000 people just outside of Tampa Bay. And this occurred on February 5th, so maybe it was someone uh, pissed off about Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl and was trying to poison the Tampa Bay. <laughs> this was a whole Super Bowl, Super Bowl vengeance uh, <laughs> plot. That's probably true. Or somebody that like had gained access and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Like, <laughs> what does this do? What does this do? And what does this do? Oh my god! Somebody been watching uh, whatever uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. Wasn't that the whole plot of that? They were like hacking, uh, <laughs> trying to shut down uh, water and gas and, and power and everything else. Yeah, probably. So far, there's been no arrests. Uh, FBI is investigating, and they're not sure if the hack came from within the U.S. or some kind of foreign power attacking us. Uh, yeah, they're still still investigating the, the hack to try to find those or whoever is responsible. But then again, yeah, Florida man might have been just throwing a little, uh, little bleach in the gene pool there. Maybe <laughs> never know. Clean some things up, <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> I mean, you could pretty much just do a whole segment on Florida man stories because there's there's some great uh, Florida man stories out there. But that's all I got for you this week. Uh, check back next time for some more news. Hey everyone, this is George Tripsis, co-host from the Metal Geeks podcast, along with Carrie, the Metal Geek, and Brutal Dave. Our show is where we bring the Metal Geek culture and heavy metal culture and mash it into the geek culture. Come listen to our show where we talk about movies, comic books, Disney stuff, and mostly about movies where I'm always right and Carrie's never right. Check us out at MetalGeeks.net and catch us on all your earhole listening podcast devices. I'm Carrie, the Metal Geek, and I approve this message. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And this week we have something new, something brutal, 
something that ties into the Mortal Coil, but this is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I gotta yes. say, dude, that Red Band trailer is freaking sick. That's that's another thing I haven't, like I said, I'm just kind of getting back into gaming. Finally bought a gaming laptop. I haven't played Mortal Kombat 11 yet. I need to I need to pick that up because I I have not played a Mortal Kombat since probably nine. Yeah, I don't remember, you know, at my old house, you and I were playing for a bit, and, uh, I mean, it's just crazy to think about where we started, you know, on arcades and Sega Genesis and stuff like that, to where we are today. And I gotta say, the the movie progression looks freaking sick. Yeah, like, I'm like... so glad that they finally are giving us R-rated Mortal Kombat. Yes, because the original Mortal Kombat was on TV the other day, and I haven't watched it in a while, and I'm like... Man, this shit's cheesy. But you watch that one, it's like, oh man, this is fucking bloody as shit. Uh-huh. I mean, hell, in the trailer, they show Jax getting his arms ripped off, and then also a series of fatalities at the end of the trailer. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking... I remember a couple years ago, they did that YouTube miniseries. Yeah, uh, and this kind of looked little like that. Mortal Kombat vignettes that were like super dark and gritty. And yeah, it does look a lot like that. But yeah, it it looks pretty badass. And you got... Sub Zero, Scorpion, Shang Tsung, Raiden, Gordo, Goro, Goro, <laughs> Gordo. Kung Lao, Liu Kang, like you know, Jax, Sonya. Like, didn't see a uh, that's kind of thing going around there now. And everybody's like, where the fuck is Johnny Cage? Didn't see a Johnny Cage in the trailer, but yeah, like a lot of the uh, Mortal Kombat staples. I kind of feel are like you know certain certain characters. Like, I'm kind of surprised they gave Raiden away so quickly. Yeah. And is this supposed to be like its own thing? Like we're pretending that there wasn't a Mortal Kombat movie and Yeah, I think so. This is, looks to be like a total kind of reboot of the series, which like I said the other is kinda kinda cheesy, but the technology and the graphics have definitely caught up to what they can do and it oh, it looks amazing from that trailer. The only problem is because we've said time and time again that fuck I don't want to pay for another streaming service, but Anything that's kind of connected to Warner Brothers or like, we're going to put that shit straight on HBO Max. Anything that might have had a semblance of getting into theater is going to be on HBO Max. Yeah, so I've avoided it as long as I can. I'll probably have to get HBO Max by April because they're like April 16th in theaters and HBO Max. So if your theaters are closed, you can watch it on HBO Max. I don't know how much it costs, but... Yeah, I may have to <laughs> sign up for that shit. I need a that and the, free trial. The new, the new Godzilla is supposed to be on HBO Max. So pretty much everything. Like, Wonder Roman's on HBO Max now, but I watched a little bit of that at the cigar shop, and it didn't pique my interest enough to, to join just to see that. But, uh, I mean, I might rent it when it comes out on video. But, yeah, Mortal Kombat, if I can't see it in theaters, I'm gonna. I'm definitely having to sign up for that shit. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it, it just looks awesome. I don't know. I'm excited, and I get to watch it in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> Something else I'm excited to. Man, this has been like talked about for as long as I played Diablo 2. We finally officially... Is there Diablo 3 now? <laughs> there's been Diablo 3. Oh. That's old news. Okay. Diablo 4 is currently in development. But they are doing Diablo 2 Resurrected, where they are basically taking all of the cinematics and everything else, updating it to 3D, updating the gameplay itself to 3D. Like, And this looks like they are absolutely doing their best to stay, to, stay true to the original. That's you know, so... 
Um, the whole top-down fighting stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, dude, I you know, action RPGs are probably still one of my you know favorite games. If you know, I was playing Diablo three for a while, and at some point, like, you just start cheesing everything, and <laughs> it becomes boring. But there's a free one that I play called Path of Exile. And, you know, I probably got a couple thousand hours invested in that game. Like, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. The grind is endless. Um, it is very punishing, but sometimes can also be very rewarding. But it isn't a game that you're just going to jump into and instantly cheese and be like, I reached max level, game over. It's like, nah, motherfucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? You start dying, you start losing XP. You, uh, you know. Go down go down some levels. Yeah, you know. Um, you know it, that it, keeps it interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be rewarding and extremely frustrating all at one time. But a lot of people are turned off of it because... You know, games like Diablo kind of coach you into the skill points in the tree, whereas this is like... Just throws you right in the deep end. <laughs> here's a thousand nodes. Figure out what you want. Have fun. And it's like, <laughs> where am I going? What am I doing? Uh, blah, blah, you know, so it can be very overwhelming to new players um, that are not familiar with uh, Path of Exile and Grinding Gear Games. With a name like Grinding Gear Games, you know you're going to be grinding. <laughs> Well, speaking of punishing, uh, our our two year hiatus is up. Uh, Mar- our Disney. Yeah, I did see that Netflix has uh, gotten some stuff back, right? Well, no, Marvel Disney got some stuff back. Okay. Uh, yeah, because the Marvel Netflix series of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, and uh, Iron Fist and Blue Cage, when they left Netflix, there was a kind of contractual two year hiatus where. Marvel is not allowed to do anything cinematically with the characters during that two years. So that has finally expired. So now Disney Marvel owns those characters yet again. So far, there's not been any news released as if we're going to get a new season of Punisher or whatever, or if I've heard some rumors that Daredevil may show up in the next Spider-Man movie. But yeah, now Disney and Marvel can do whatever the fuck they want with those characters. So maybe we'll get a Disney plus version of Punisher and, <laughs> and all that, um, which supposedly I, I saw that, uh, I think Disney plus was, was kind of starting another, like a more adult chapter for, for, I guess the more adult, uh, Marvel DC, less G rated, uh, <laughs> programming, uh, in a kind of a separate adult only version of, uh, Disney plus. So yeah, I want to see another season of Punisher because two seasons was yeah, not enough. Yeah, that, that was shit. not enough. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I guess Zack Snyder is uh working on um a zombie film called Army of the Dead. Hmm. You know, well, we had um, Day Night Dawn, uh, a couple of those of the Dead movies. So. <laughs> Yeah, so it looks like um, it should be um, May 21st that it's released on Netflix. looks like we'll have a trailer teaser sometime this week. Um, so, yeah, I don't... I mean, as long as he's not making Justice League movies, we're, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know. This is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, but then again, they keep saying that Niner's cut Justice League is going to come out, and it's supposed to be more badass than what was actually in theaters, which I, it was all right. I mean, it was fun to watch, but I really wouldn't one that I'd go back to and watch it again. 
But I mean, are uh, you a fan of Dave Batista? Eh, sometimes. So you know, apparently he's going. I'm, to... I'm fans of Dave Batista as an actor, but now he's gotten all political about guns are bad and shit, and I'm like, fuck you, Dave. You're a fucking wrestler. Shut the fuck up and go make action movies. So yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you'll... I, I love him, Guardians of the Galaxy, but I wish you would just shut the fuck up on Twitter. <laughs> um. So looks like he's going to be leading a mercenary team. Um. And who uses the chaos of a zombie outbreak as a smokescreen to make their way through now quarantine Las Vegas in order to pull off the ultimate heist? Oh, so, so it's a heist movie in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like interesting. So, uh, it, I, it sounds like a new and inventive concept. I'm, I'm I'm down to try it. Yeah, like I movies he's been in. I I like him as an actor, and hell, even he's done like that. Was it My Spy? That kind of family comedy film I heard was good. I never watched it, but. I like Dave as an actor, as long as he would just shut the fuck up about politics. Yeah. <laughs> Which I say that about all actors. I'm like, so, I, I like you in films. I don't care what your political leanings are. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. Just because you're rich and famous does not mean your opinion matters. <laughs> I'm poor. My opinion doesn't matter. I know that. I don't tell you all a bunch of political shit. <laughs> Unless it's about cigars and cheesy movies. That I'll give you my opinion on at least twice a month. What are you talking about a month? You mean like an hour? <laughs> when are you not giving your opinion? And what are you going to do to validate your opinion? Where's your influencer rating? <laughs> we got to start doing the YouTubes. Where no one cares about audio anymore. If you, unless you're on video or TikTok, nobody gives a fuck what you do. <laughs> but I ain't dancing, so we ain't getting a TikTok channel. <laughs> I, I could put gorilla glue in your hair. Apparently, that's a thing. <laughs> like. Oh, oh yeah. fuck! Fucking people going to the ER because they put gorilla glue in their hair. What a fucking dumbass! Go and shave that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's gorilla glue is the new Tide Pod challenge. I just I don't know. I don't Again, know. just yeah, a little chlorine in the gene pool. At this point, it's not even a challenge. It's just fucking stupidity. But I guess you know. Dumb... Don't be a dumbass. Should be the <laughs> internet challenge forever. Well, I mean, you know, dumbasses for the dumbasses. I guess is, uh... <laughs> dude, that should be our new uh, podcast slogan. <laughs> dumbasses for the dumb, dumb. I mean, we'll have to do a new trailer eventually. <laughs> dumbasses for the dumbasses. Are we allowed to say asses on? The Probably trailer? not. But I don't know. Turn it in for a for a joke and wait for him to reject it. <laughs> hey but... guys, did you realize the cigar nerd said asses in their promo? Uh, <laughs> see if anyone actually listens to it before it goes out. <laughs> nah, smoking's bad and whatnot. <laughs> Do you see the uh, Mountain Dew promo where it's got Gizmo drinking uh, Mountain Dew? No. I, was that a Super Bowl commercial? I, I did not watch Super Bowl this year. No, this is something that was released just a few days yeah, ago. Yeah, I heard that there was like a, 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 a reunion of Billy and uh, Gizmo, but yeah, I've not, uh, not had a chance to watch that yet. I guess uh, Zach Galligan um, has returned, um, as well as uh, Gizmo. So basically... Um, I mean, that's something I'm surprised we haven't got a reboot of. I mean, they keep making like either reboots or like sequels to something that's 20 years old. That's kind of been the... <laughs> the theme lately. Yeah, apparently Gizmo ends up spilling the Mountain Dew, and, well, y you know how Gremlins played out. Yep. <laughs> so. Damn it. <laughs> Get that motherfucker a sippy cup. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, you know, Grogu kind of took the world by storm. You know, time for Gizmo to make his comeback. He's the ultimate OG. <sighs> and it's gotten so, so point now that I go through, like, fucking Facebook Marketplace, and it's all, like, fucking... Grogu, Baby Yoda things. I even saw a 
Baby Yoda weed pipe today where the back of his head was like the bowl. <laughs> I'm like, man, this has gone too far. <laughs> has it though? <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Get hot! This is the way! <laughs> How many stoners are sitting around smoking a big bowl out of Yoda's head and going, this is the way, man. The way this is, man. (laughs) Don't take off your helmet, bro. Whoa, this guy's lost his head. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the old 70s throwbacks. Gotta love it. Whatever happened on that 70s show? Did that go away? Uh, yeah. Okay. I went away with the 80s. Yeah, pretty much. They tried to do that '80s show, and it didn't. It didn't last. It was not as uh, nostalgic as the that '70s show. <laughs> I think it only made one season. But now we're so old, they're probably gonna do a that '90s show. <laughs> that millennial show. <laughs> All right. Any other news, tidbits, anything you want to share with the folks at home? I think that is it. Check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com. We're on the ESO network at esonetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, not uh, TikTok, at Cigar Nerd Pod. Uh, you can get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code Cigar Nerds, and you can get your smoking shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. They even sell, like, your traditional Guy Barra shirts now, if you want one of those fancy Cuban-looking shirts. Uh, and with that, happy Valentine's Day. Don't put a heart in a box. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.